It's March 15th, 2021. This is Rook. is an Iranian-Canadian blogger and journalist who set out to shine light on young fashion designers and stylists in Iran who had previously been unknown. After getting a master's in 2014, Bahar Eslami returned to Iran and started one of the first Persian fashion blogs in existence. Soon her platform was gaining hundreds of thousands of followers. Then in 2018, the Iranian government shut her down and threatened 10 years in prison for allegedly corrupting the minds of young people. Bahar fled Iran and has re-established her popular site, now based in Vancouver. Bahar Islami joins me for a feature interview today. Plus, we have your letters and more. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 93 of Rook Nabdose Kian in Farsi. So you uh, wow. so you know. Uh <laughs> Happy almost Noruz. Khoshomadin, Durud Bashoma, Sad Sol Bin Sala Shayajun. Sad Sol Bin Salha. you know that's one of the only expressions I know and I can only use it at Noruz, so I'm excited this week. <laughs> But, but uh, I remember it, you you used it once. I, <laughs> I, I I will use it throughout the year. Sad <laughs> salbin solo, It's almost. Uh, it's is it almost Noruz or is it Noruz? I I, I know that Persians it's, like to extend things. No, it's, like, it's almost Noruz. Okay, yeah. but I heard. But the people are already saying, "Oh, Noruz Piruz," yeah. like already. Like it's you know, things get started early. We are. Over excited about news. I'm super excited about news. <laughs> you know, in Western culture, new, there's one New Year's Eve, and there's that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and we have Saat Tafil, but it feels like Noruz is like, you know, it's like we 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 start the celebrations a week before, two weeks before, <laughs> goes on for a week afterwards. Oh yes, and back in Iran. Uh, we were on holiday for two weeks, you know. Technically, it goes on till Seize the Bedar. Is yes. that not right? That's right. Yeah. Well, listen, we are coming to you from Toronto, Canada, uh, with a salute to all of you uh, joining us around the world. We're on an ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. You can find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and Telegram. Uh, the voices you heard there, the fabulous Keon. Hello. Hello, Jean. Uh, Captain Reza, hello, hello sir. to you. Hello, sir. Hello, mm, sir. My Android. Uh, <laughs> Bahar Eslami. She is now in Vancouver. I, I really appreciate what she does in, in making it her goal to introduce and celebrate young Iranian designers and stylists inside Iran. Uh, she has obviously quite a tale to tell and uh, about fleeing Iran and, and what's happened in the last few years with her. Uh, this is going to be her first major interview in English. Uh, her English is great. I feel very uh, happy that she's doing this. I know she's not spoken about some of her ordeal to media at all before, so I'm honored she's uh, 
chosen to do so here. We will get to her soon. Actually, Bahar joined us on Clubhouse on Friday. Right? Oh, yeah, well, you she were there. did. Yes, yeah. I was there. Kiyo's You're like, telling really? me as if I'm, I was. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> well, she spoke. I, like, yeah. I assume I don't know anything. Well, it's, no, I, I, it's the way you're right. The way I was saying it seemed like I was telling you something you didn't know, even though you were <laughs> you were there. So every Friday night, I'm hosting this, that we have this Rook Town Hall which we've turned into this kind of after show of sorts on Clubhouse, this new audio app. Uh, we had a great panel. We had Erfan and Kusha and Sarah Safari and Shiva Nagar. Hamid Nikpay. Fa- Faradzad, Hamid Nikpay, Armin Amiri, Farid Shafi Nuri, Chef Haas. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, Shia was there. The only person missing, uh, Captain Reza. Oh, boy. Yeah, yep. Well, shame, the shame. Of- Captain, you now I understand that you have acquired yourself a... An I, iPhone? Is I this true? I got a free upgrade and took it. I couldn't take it anymore. Everybody was raving about this clubhouse thing. I'm <laughs> missing it every Friday. I'm going bonkers. And then you guys amongst yourself like keep talking about it. You're like, oh, then I went to this room. And then, you know, on yeah. that club, he said this. And I'm like, what is this? I don't get it. And right. I felt so left out. So I went to So left out that you went and splurged on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I know, I know. But I haven't picked it up yet. But, uh, but, y- but if we get, you know, I can't wait to hear... Reza's uh, mellifluous tones coming over There's the... There's a lot of pressure, uh, Reza. Oh, I'm here. Uh, and people just feel like, what? Why did he join? Yeah. <laughs> you know is what? he maybe really on their team? <laughs> <laughs> go back Fine. to Android, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you can find uh, find us all on Clubhouse. You can, uh, you can follow Rook Media on Clubhouse. We've started the Rook Media Club on Clubhouse. You know what the best thing about Clubhouse is? Mm. No one can see you. Uh, is that the best thing? Isn't that the best? I really, I really I mean, feel right, like yeah. I, I'm just so. I did this uh, interview last week with um, Tapesh TV. Tapesh TV. Mm-hmm. Really? It's a Persian TV oh, station. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, and I thought they were just going to ask me a couple questions about Noru's, and it turned into this like uh, hour long interview. Oh. But, but we did it. It was a beautiful setting. And but so I didn't realize. You know, the quarantine, <laughs> you don't really think about the fact that you haven't been anywhere for, you know, I mean, so I was going to do a, an interview on TV. Now, we started Rook Video, but I basically, you know, I'm behind my desk here and I, you know, I wear black, whatever. I, I haven't really dressed up to do. I Isn't mean, you know, so I come weird. here in my Ramones T-shirt, right? I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't. Right? Look Keon. at me in my sweats. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, now, do I look like I've gained a lot of weight? I wouldn't say No, that. you wouldn't no, necessarily. I mean, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm I, you're lying. But <laughs> no. well, now I've added it all up, right? Like I've been eating like a you know horse for a year <laughs> at McDonald's. And what have I told the stories on the air? It's embarrassing. <laughs> Cello Kabob and Somal at KFC. <laughs> and I literally used to run, uh, I mean, up until a few months ago, every day. And somewhere between starting Rook and the quarantine, I'm not, you know, no, no, I don't run every day. So I'm getting ready for this tapish TV thing. Cool. Like, oh, I'll, I'll put on one of my nice shirts, and you know, I got a closet <laughs> full of old shirts and suits and things like that. And, oh, it's a no roost sort of thing. I'll, so I, you know, and I buy things kind of slim cut, right? Oh, so no. I mean, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a lot of room for error, you know. So, so, so I, oh, this is a nice shirt. You know, I pick one of the nice. Oh, I'll wear this. I mean, it was like wearing a child's shirt. (laughs) It was, 
like this is my shirt like i'm like oh what this must be a mistake how depressing this shirt has shrunk somehow so then I put on another one. It's the same thing. And then I start putting on the jackets, nothing. So then, you know, I have a couple of, I don't know if you have this in your closet, but I have like a couple of pieces piece of clothing that Loose. are just, that are like a jacket somebody bought me once. They, it was the wrong size. It's like extra, extra large, you know. That's like the go-to, if nothing else, you know. Oh, I guess I'll go to that black jacket that... It didn't fit me. No, I mean, nothing. Fit. Not I, I I couldn't. I mean, I would have was, canceled the interview. <laughs> <laughs> there was no clothing. I was like, how is it that these people who've seen me, like the Rook team, my family, there wasn't an intervention. Somebody should have said, like, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's oh, it's horrible. We're all getting fat. That's the problem. Oh my God. <laughs> so I go to the Tapish TV thing, and I, 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 you know, I found some clothing that fit me finally, and I go. But I could. I think I was self conscious through the whole thing I was kind of like like I wore a big scarf covering the front of my body and like I'm kind of like you know hunched over and they're like what's wrong with this guy you know are you cold John? <laughs> was it in person in a studio or like it was in a, on a location on a at location, a location oh. uh, with a beautiful uh, Noru's kind of set up in the cafe you know did, uh, did you do it in English? we did it in Farsi but I, I spoke some that's gonna uh, be yeah. interesting I'm, really I'm gonna tune in for that, that. <laughs> listen I have an idea for uh, Noru's actually, which is that um, we're gonna do have a little Noru's party with uh, with us, but that that we should only speak in Farsi. Oh, as uh, as for <laughs> are you trying? Are you trying to torture me? <laughs> no, but you, I mean, you know, we, we both have a lot to lose worse. here. But but so many people have said, why don't you speak Farsi? You guys should be speaking more Farsi. And obviously, it's an English show and everything. But for Noru's. I was thinking we will do a whole, we'll do a little Noru's gathering. Maybe we'll like, we'll explain the half scene, right? But Farat Farsi. It's going to go Farsi. so well, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and then these will, you and I will speak Kiana, and then these two will laugh. They can at laugh us. at us the entire time. <laughs> so anyway, I haven't since this Tapesh TV thing. I haven't eaten. Like I'm starving myself. <laughs> like I'm fainting because I'm Hungry not eating. I've lost at least yeah. 14 pounds in like three days because <laughs> I'm and and still. I mean, I'm just trying to find articles <laughs> of clothing that fit me. I mean, jeez, oh, wow. it's just this quarantine. Who well, knew these were the kind of things that were going to happen to us? Well, you know? since we're doing this Noru's gathering thing for Rook, now I'm going to have the same situation, putting on dresses. <laughs> I might cry. I think I will. Is it? Just, are you feeling the same thing? I, I haven't tried on any of my dresses. No. From like, I'd I, say, I, don't I, go there. <laughs> just find a giant. <laughs> Big I mean, I'm bag. sorry. I, but listen, after the, I mean, it just looked like a war zone. Like there were shirts and suit, like things all over the ground that I'd thrown angrily to the ground because they. It was, I I swear it was weird. It wasn't like, it wasn't even like. Oh, this is a bit. You can be tang, should you know? It was literally like I'm wearing child's clothing. Like it was like, why? <laughs> how big have I gotten? I mean, but anyway. you wear jeans every day. Did you not? I know. I don't know why. But I think my, I my jeans stretched. <laughs> Everything stretch. seems to fit me normally when I'm wearing my t-shirts and jeans. Yeah, but it's heavy. the shirts and the suit, the suit jackets <laughs> that really. It's the moment of truth, right? Uh, well, okay. at least your legs are I still shaking. I hope Bahar Islami is not listening to this. Oh, we don't have Seriously. it on the full line right yeah. now. Oh, Maybe because I'm seeing you every day. I, I know. I, mm. I cannot understand that. But, uh, I, I don't I, know why you didn't say it. <laughs> 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 
fuck? I'm watching you. You don't eat a lot. I, I don't know what happened. Well, no, that's not true. It's the first of all, the, the not running every day thing. Mm, that's you know? And yeah. then I think the problem is, is that you can kind of get away with it. Can we still mm. talk? I'm still talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> you you got to so go on a diet. I, I think, no, the problem is you can just wear, you're wearing, I mean, it, it's, listen, in Canada, we have this thing where in the winters, you know, you're wearing big, like, sweatshirts and, and winter coats and things like that. So it's kind of, a, you know, an ongoing joke about how you gain weight in the winter mm-hmm. and then you have to lose it, you know, when March and April come mm-hmm. because the summer's coming, you got to get your bikini look on and all that stuff, right? So, but this look. is just because, well, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm wait, trying on to On top be, of yeah. that, we had quarantine and no gyms open, so you got to t- <laughs> right, give, right. give yourself a but break you, here, But man. you kind of think, but it's weird that, like, I, I didn't notice it. I, I've been just kind of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm okay, you know. And then now it's it's so obvious to me. It's like, what have you been doing, man? You know? It's your heart, eh? Yeah. Speaking of diets, do you know how to say diet in Farsi? Regime. Ah. Isn't that funny? It's Wait, funny. Why? Regime. Why it it's funny that we know that word. <laughs> it, it, that and also the fact <laughs> that it means funny. government, <laughs> like in English. <laughs> Govern oh, right, yourself. Right, right, right. Well, it's uh, uh, yeah, but you can say your regimen. Here. Reg- oh, that's true. Your regiment. So I guess it comes from that. Yeah, yeah. not regiment. Right. Re- oh, regiment is like an army uh, yeah. uh, group. Regimen. Regimen. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. See. Let's all go on a I big regimen, regime, and right. lose weight collectively. We're all trying to change our regime yeah. <laughs> one, one way or another. <laughs> hey, we would love you folks out there to become patrons of our show. <laughs> if you like what you hear, uh, and if you're regular listeners, for sure, $5 a month or $10 a month to become our BFF is all it takes. It really makes a difference. Uh, we're trying to keep things as commercial-free as possible. So if you go to rookmedia.com, which we encourage you to go to anyway because it's our website where you can find all of our episodes, all of our Chef Haas's videos, everything's there. Uh, photos of the team, rookmedia.com. Uh, you'll see a Support Us button, and that's where you can uh, engage to become one of our patrons and it makes the world of difference to us we look at the list of patrons and we celebrate you guys thank you very much for keeping us alive uh i know we have a, uh, some letters about marrying gisa Carr, our yeah. last episode I, I listened back to that interview I'm, I'm really glad i saw a few of the letters you sent uh Keon, that we're going to be uh, talking about today i'm really glad some people listened to the whole interview the mm-hmm. whole way through because that it, it is just uh, I really loved that. I really loved, especially the last 10 minutes of that mm-hmm. interview. Absolutely. I really want everybody, I mean, she's... Um, incredible. She's man. incredible in so many different ways. Courageous, strong, uh, but poetic, beautiful. Yeah. Like the, the things she was saying, the imagery of the way she talked. I think it was... Uh, Sabi Roham was saying she almost talks like it's like stories, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like she said. And this is her life. Like while she's telling all these stories, she says she says it with so much, you know, feeling. I you, you forget that this was her life. This yeah. happened to her. Yeah. So we'll get to those letters yeah. uh, and um, and and more. So the fabulous Keon, Captain Reza, Guru Shai. We'll see you back here in just a little while. Let's get to our feature guest. My feature guest today is a pioneering young fashion and beauty blogger, a fashion journalist, and a social media influencer who has been significant in the growth of the Iranian fashion and beauty industry in the last decade. She is, in fact, credited with being one of the first 
Persian fashion bloggers in the world. Bahar Eslami was born in Tehran. She studied business management at Beheshti University in Tehran, then moved to San Francisco and received her MBA from Holt University in 2014. It was thereafter that she started her wildly popular blog called Fashion Sandwich, in which she introduces talented and largely independent Persian fashion designers and design creatives in Iran to her massive group of followers. After growing the success of her platform in Iran, Bahar's fate took a challenging turn when, in 2018, the Islamic government shut down her page and all her social media access whilst accusing her of corrupting the minds of young Iranians. She was sentenced to up to 10 years in jail, but has managed to leave Iran and reestablish her social media presence and her fashion sandwich site in recent months and is now based in Vancouver, Canada. Bahar's influence and popularity is growing growing again in the realm of Persian fashion and beauty tips. And right now, Bahar Islami joins me from Vancouver today. Hello. Hi, Gian. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> it's an honor to have you. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, you don't do a lot of interviews or video stuff that's in English, right? So this is, I, I, I'm, I'm even extra pleased to get you doing this in English. Thank you so much. And the pleasure is mine that I did my, actually, let's say, very first interview in English with you and your media. And um, I hope everything goes well. <laughs> and uh, I apologize for the stress that I have <laughs> since it's the first uh, English interview. <laughs> no stress. No stress. You, um, you know, you started the Fashion Sandwich blog and site in 2014. It, it is so successful now. I, I mean, I noticed a video, for example, you posted on Instagram yesterday is already at 50,000 views, and that's just the norm for you. But while Instagram influencers are now somewhat commonplace, your intentions for starting this blog were really quite beautiful when you've explained them. What can you tell us? What did you want to accomplish initially with Fashion Sandwich? Sure. Uh, Jian, my concept was to um, promote Persian designers, the underground Persian designers who lives in Iran, and they didn't have access to media to uh, for the world to hear their voices. So I started that page in, by introducing um, the Persian designers in different fields, like accessories, like interior designers, like fashion designers, jewelry designers, basically for the beginning for let's say a year it was completely free of charge and i arranged many interviews with them and even i had lots of designers in different cities of iran like let's say someone who is designing a really nice piece of mantu or like a dress in kashan or kerman and I was pleased to promote them on my page and now they are super famous in Iran. So basically that was my concept. And uh, this happened in the time that Instagram was not really popular in all of the world. It was just a new um, booming media. It wasn't that um, popular like now. But uh, two steps back, where did you even get that idea? I mean, were you aware of all these fabulous indie designers that were in smaller towns or Shahrai, Iran? Did you, did you know about them? How did you even come up with the concept? Okay, the thing is that they all emailed me. They all sent me the messages through the direct message. And I found them on Instagram. 
So um, that was the first concept. And, you know, I started at the time that all the Persians were really into high-end brands like Chanel, Hermes and stuff. And, for example, if you like, um, if you were going to Khanedaryo Sahel, like the beach of Khanedaryo, every girls were uh, wearing <laughs> some Chanel bags. So uh, by that time, so I was wondering that we have lots of creative uh, underground Persian designers. So why shouldn't we stick to them? Why shouldn't we mix and match those high-end brands with our own local um, creative Persian designers? That was my first And so what was the initial reaction when you started this? Because, I mean, it's a little bit of a stereotype. I worry about propagating the stereotype, although I've certainly seen it, you know, it be true in, in, in some circles of the Persian, the, the Shahs of Sunset type of Persians who are, you know, <laughs> it's all about the brands and Gucci and, and Chanel, etc. Um, but but there's obviously a great, there's some truth to that um, when it comes to high-end fashion and, and the upper classes. Um, so how did Iranians first react when you become this first uh, Persian fashion blogger and the stuff that you're talking about is actually independent uh, local designers in Iran? Okay, actually, at the beginning, it was pretty new to uh, the Persian audience in Iran. So uh, I was um, confronting with many like judgments, many like uh, gossips and stuff like okay this girl is doing advertising she's like doing uh, she's like a tablighachi she's like you know many like funny words and at the beginning I was like okay that's a bit annoying but I will go through them and I will um, I will uh, my my concept is to help the Persian designers so no matter what people react I will do my own way mm. so um, it wasn't easy at all it wasn't easy at all and um, it was actually really um, beautiful too because now I have many Persian designers friends back in Iran so I can it's my honor to say that almost like 90% of the designers back home are my friends so um, that's that's the um, let's say the gift of tolerating those right. <laughs> gossips uh, like bullying and stuff well it's a two it's a two-way street because on the one hand um or a double-edged sword maybe because on the on the one hand you you took this sort of um pushback from people wondering what your intentions were or what i mean uh, again i don't want to make a generalization but we tend to joke on this show about persians being very suspicious or conspiracy theories who put this woman here why is she telling us about these these fashions exactly. i can just i can just see the kind of comments you got but at the same time it takes off and it takes off in a very big way it becomes very popular very quickly so i'm i guess it's safe to assume that this was something that iranians were effectively waiting for someone to invent right this platform to actually celebrate local design coming from iran yes because after that time lots of persian designers came to the eyes of people in iran and even through the world because right now we have lots of bloggers who are promoting persian designers back home right now we have many galleries out of iran like koli shop in canada like alangu in the united states and many others that they are promoting persian designer stuff so and they're selling them so i think it's a huge thing it's it's a huge change 
So, uh, and right now, me, myself, it's an honor for me to wear all my pieces from Persian designers. And honestly, when I go to different stores here, like Zara, many stores, I'm like, okay, I miss shopping in Iran because there were lots of more creative pieces. Actually, I was going to ask you, um, uh, because there are non-Iranians who listen to this show, and there are certainly people who've never been to Iran um, who listen. And is there, if you were to do this in a nutshell, um, I mean, you're a blogger, you're a journalist, you should be able to do this. If you were to say in brief, um, is there something that makes Iranian contemporary, Iranian fashion design or Iranian fashion designers unique? Yes, there is, because I think that after the restrictions, creativity grows. So I think because of all the restrictions that people, designers have in Iran, they grow and their creativity grows. And I think the touch, the, the point that is different from um, other uh, brands in the world is they are, their minds are super creative. Hmm. So this is the difference of our designers. Can you look at something now and go, that's from an Iranian designer. Is it as easy as that for you? Yes, it is. Wow, it is. So what? So give me an <laughs> give me an example of that. What's something that you've eyeballed, you've seen, and you've gone? I I know that's from an Iranian designer, even if you don't necessarily know that if they're not a friend of yours or something. For example, um, if I see, um, let's say who, like the calligraphies that they have on the accessories. If I see them, like this ring that I have. It's a very famous piece from Iran. Like each girl has one in their closet. So, you know, nowadays you can easily diagnose the uh, Iranian pieces. It's an honor, by the way. I got you. (laughs) On your website, you say you moved to San Francisco initially to follow your dreams. So Mm -hmm. if you take us back a decade, what were your dreams? Uh, what what was it that you were moving to San Francisco for? By that time, my dream was to become a famous fashion designer. But um, t- as time goes by, as time went as time went by, uh, my dream changed because I went to San Francisco. I went to uh, I took some fashion design courses, and I got that I don't want to be a fashion designer, but I want to be in fashion industry. So right now, my first dream is to become a strong influencer. And the second and final dream is to have my own beauty brand um, under my own name. Well, the first one you've already accomplished. I mean, to get, you are a big influencer, aren't you? I mean, is, is, does it, you need to grow bigger? It needs definitely to grow bigger. Okay. I like this is the kind of ambition I'm getting used to from uh, young Persians. Well, yes, you're definitely influencing. You've become, to me, you're the conduit. You're the person in between that is bringing us, the audience or the interested people or the fans or the consumers, uh, to the Iranian designers that you find, that you promote, that you celebrate, that you tell us about. Um Part of why you're so successful at that, I think, is that you're very natural and engaging on camera. 
it's almost like you were made for this. You were made to just be, you know, I mean, watching your, your video, you're certainly not self-conscious, but nor, nor are you sort of fumbling around or, or talking bullshit. Like there's, you know, it's uh, enjoyable and educational to watch you. Were you always a performer? I wasn't a performer, but one of my um, one of my interests is to be a performer. And maybe sometimes in the future, I get help from you, so you help me to get into this job as well. <laughs> but I mean, if, if people who knew you growing up, would they be surprised that that Bahar is is on YouTube and has a gazillion followers? Actually. Um, let's say after the two years that I didn't work, um, when I opened my new page named Bahar Islami Journal, um, I started to have live sessions and interviews with different people in different fields, not only fashion and beauty, uh, for example, with psychologists or nutritionists or yogis or stuff. So people were just messaging me that, okay, Bahar, we love these lives and Right now, there are many people who are really like such a big fan of Bauer Islami Journal <laughs> and rather than fashion sandwich. <laughs> so I, I was wondering that maybe sometimes in the future, I go after this job and I grow my skills and I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's unquestionably true, that if people were first coming to just see the fashion, the designs, or the products, now they're coming for you. That's that's true. You, you definitely seem like a natural performer to me. So if this is where you want to go with things, uh, I, you don't need any coaching. You, you've already got it together. The other part of that, though, is um, this natural and improvised way you have of showing products and brands on social media, it's very 21st century because um, – the whole notion of Instagram influencers suggests it's more effective uh, to have somebody telling you, this is what I like, this is why I like it, in the vernacular, in natural, in regular language, rather than traditional forms of corporate advertising or promotion. In other words, I'll bet brands love you and want you to promote them. Would that be true? Actually, Persian brands, I can say yes, they like it. Uh, but my goal is to penetrate into foreign brands as well. So it's a bit tricky for me because I'm completely new into this market and I don't know how to get in touch with them, how to make that connection. But I'm doing my best to penetrate in that market as well. So there's two things there. First of all, so the answer is yes, it it is more effective to have someone like you promoting a brand than to have an advertisement in a magazine? Of course. Uh, this this is not because of me and my page. This is in the whole world that yeah. if you um, market your product or your business through someone that is that has fan in uh, social media is much, much more effective than uh, having in paper magazines or magazines because in social medias of those people those lifestyle bloggers or instagrammers you feel that you are facing with what they love what right. they choose right but in magazines you feel like okay i'm seeing bunch of advertisings and you just pass them 
Right. You know, it's nothing eye-catching. And for people who follow you regularly or interact with you, they feel like you're a friend of theirs. So exactly. their friend is telling them, check out these earrings or, you know, and, and exactly. I see how the, the second part of that, um, you said that you're interested in um, what you called foreign brands. You're in Canada now. So, so <laughs> local brands. Yeah. We were just joking the other day about how Iranians come to the West and they go, it's like, no, 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 you're the Khareji. Don't, don't call these people Khareji. Uh, but anyway, the non-Iranian brands, does that mean you're changing your focus from what Fashion Sandwich was? No, not at all. But I want to have them both. Like, to be honest, I won't charge any Persian designer on Fashion Sandwich to promote their pieces who are in Iran, those who are in Iran. So this will be ongoing. But beside that, I want to get in touch with non-Persian, let's say, brands, designers, and beauty brands, because 80% of Fashion Sandwich will be focused on beauty. I don't know why is this going to be like this. Maybe it's because of those experiences that I had back home from the jail and stuff they um, sentenced me. Right now, I have a bit of fear inside yes. me to yes. still go deep in fashion. So I don't know. Somehow I changed my way and I focused on beauty as well to, you know, maybe as time goes by, I will I will go back to what I was doing. Right. But right now I should deal with all those fears that I have that you know, I was I scared you. of yeah. like being a fashion person <laughs> because of all those stuff that they put on. Listen, I want to get to the story of what happened to you in Iran in 2018, and that's led you here to Canada recently. And and thankfully, the reactivation of your uh, social media presence and your work. Um, first, take us back to you as a kid in Iran. Were you were you always into fashion when you were a kid growing up in the in the 1990s in Iran? Yes because my father is a huge fan of fashion. So Your dad? Yes. Okay. And he's shopaholic. So I think that I am um, similar to him. So that's why that since I was a kid, I was seeing that he is shopping from all the brands. He loves to like create uh, his own looks and blah, blah. So he always bought many magazines. By that time, there wasn't any like social media or stuff. So right. uh, whenever he uh, went to traveling and stuff, he was uh, he brought many magazines to home. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for my dad to come back home and bring those paper magazines like hello or I don't remember exactly the names, but Marie Claire, hello, hello magazines and something like this. And I always read them one by one, like seeing the pictures, reading all of them, putting in dictionary, each putting each word in dictionary and find all the meanings. So uh, that I think. So you learned from- you learned your English from fashion magazines, probably. The very beginning uh, step was yes. Huh. It was from fashion magazines. And given your dad's interest, does that mean you escaped the pressure that the rest of us had to deal with of becoming either a doctor or engineer? Actually, my dad, no. He always um, telling me that um, you should become 
uh, a doctor. You should become a like famous businesswoman. You should continue my way, my business, my blah blah, and have fashion and uh, makeup and blah blah. Okay. These so you still you still got that, yeah. از این فشن بلاگر خوبه اول دکتر بشو بعدش میتونی اینو کنار کارت داشته باشی you when you're a kid I mean you know the tagline of this show is stories from to and about the Iranian diaspora and and there's all of us have an experience whether it's through our parents like in my case or through people who've just come recently like in some of the other members of the rook team our experience of why and when we left iran and did you dream of coming to the west or or did you expect to live your whole life in iran uh if all these uh, stuff hasn't happened for me i would love to live in iran i mean before no no i'm not asking right now i mean before this i mean before you even went to get your masters in other mm-hmm. words when you when you decided i'm going to san francisco to to get my masters was the plan then i'll come back to iran or was because there's certainly a lot of people who when they were leaving iran they knew they're not coming back right no actually i didn't want to uh, go back to Iran. But my dad was like, Bahar, come back to Iran. You should work for your own country. Uh, now it's time to uh, do something positive for this country. And somehow he convinced me to go back to Iran. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that. So in 2014, after you do this prestigious master's degree in San Francisco, because I was wondering if she's launching Fashion Sandwich and all of that, why not stay in the United States? So your dad was convincing you to come back exactly and he won the day he won the argument he won but after uh, all those stuff happened to me he was he had kind of guilty feeling that why did he brought me back did you on those early trips to to the united states early meaning i mean you're young so early was only seven years ago but that this was earlier earlier in your life uh did you like the u.s what was it like when you first came to san francisco for you it was really nice and till now i love to go back to us and leave there i mean uh, that is my final destination not not vancouver actually here is really nice really careful we have, a, we have a lot of people listening in vancouver and i know we love vancouver. i know but yeah. here is really nice it has beautiful nature beautiful people i mean relaxed and like chilled people kind and cool people but you know for me for my um field of um, work field of job i need somewhere to be more active like somewhere like new york faster pace faster pace exactly yeah Yeah. exactly faster pace in in north america we we usually divide it by east coast west coast you're either a uh, an east coast person which is like a new york toronto which is more like a london you know speed or west coast tends to be vancouver tends to be a little uh and and all power to you folks in vancouver you know who can appreciate nature and being fit and all of that you know um, so uh, let's get into this story of what happened to you uh, um, in Iran in the la- in recent years. You know, I have to say, 
Um, you and I were talking a few days ago, and I was telling you that I learned many, many times in my life, never judge a book by its cover, but but mm-hmm. just looking at you, I was aware of you on Instagram, I'd seen you. I, I would never, I would think, oh, this is some you know, well-off, uh, fabulous uh, Iranian woman who's created this uh, great site for herself. I would never have the sense of all that you've been through, uh, and all that you've been through quite recently. So if we can just untangle this and you tell us as much as you're comfortable with and, and as much as you're not comfortable with, that's it's up to you. But but in 2014, as you say it, your dad's urging, you go back to Iran, you end yeah. up getting married there, you're building your blog and your social media presence is growing massive, especially by the standards of that time, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. For you on Instagram to have 180,000 followers was huge. You end up having two galleries in Tehran. Then yeah. suddenly, everything stops. What what yeah. happened in, in, in 2018? Okay, uh, the government and the Ershad organization told me that um, this is against um, Islamic Republic of Iran's law because you are spreading fashion. You are spreading that um, people people can wear like mantoya jolobas, like open mantos in the street. You are changing the street style. So I was like, okay, many people in Iran are having blogs with like let's say not wearing mantos so how come you don't like arrest them and you came to me and they said that because they are doing they are spreading the fashion that they can have at their homes but you are uh, spreading the street style fashion so this is the point who who tells you this by the way does somebody Somebody came to your house and or, or I mean, how, how how do they find you and, and talk to you? Actually, by that time, I had two galleries. So uh, one of them was Boutique Moon. So they came to um, my gallery and there were like few men and um, one woman. They asked me that you should give all your um, Instagram accounts. So. Um, Just like that, they come up one day and say that to you. Yeah, very politely, very like nice. And they said, you should give it to us. And I was like, okay, here you are. All my accounts, all my stuff. And they gave me a paper. They said, okay, tomorrow you should come for Bajjui. So Like an um, interrogation, interrogate, like a questioning. Exactly, exactly. Can I just stop the story for a second? Because, you know, there are people who... Um, because of their work or because of their interests or because they're somewhat rebellious and they push the envelope in general, who know that there may be risks if they're, even our dear Babak Amini, when he returned to mm-hmm. Iran that time uh, and he was arrested, he, he says, I, I knew there might be some issues because I was touring with Gugush and all of that. And did you have any sense that this was going to happen to you? No, never, ever. Because in all my photos and pictures, I was wearing Montum Sari. So that was really shocking to me. I was wondering that maybe sometimes they come to me and they say, okay, Bahar, you should have more hijab. That's it. Not like doing all this to me for two years. And they banned me from traveling outside of Iran for nothing. And um, I had So, So wait a second. You'd been doing this already. For, what what changed? Why did they suddenly decide that you're you're a problem? 
I don't know, maybe um, the followers, but that time that Instagram was not that much popular in Iran, the followers raised and it, it came to like 180 something K followers. Thousand, yeah. So yeah, four years ago, three years ago. And then uh, after that, I had my galleries. So maybe all those and the things that they understood that designers love me. I mean, mm -hmm. they had some emotional mm -hmm. uh, relations with me. They you're, support you're basically, me. you're becoming influential, and that's the threat. In the field of fashion, yes. So, so were you married by this time? Yes, I was married, and I, it was only like six months that I was married. I'm guessing you were scared. Yes, and I still, you know, my hands are cold right now because yeah. I, when I re remember all those... Um, memories i'm like oh my god i can't believe that i went through all of those stuff well, the, the reason i'm asking if you were married is because i'm just wondering who was around you at that time that you your your loved ones your close ones and and how they would process this information i mean it must have been very scary for your parents and for your husband and and um, so what kind of conversations would you have with them around this um you know all of them were shocked we're like, we cannot believe that these are all happening. And uh, my husband was really a best friend for me during that time. And my dad as well, he did everything he could. And he was, you know, because he took me back to Iran, he was doing more than anyone to solve this problem. Um, and I don't know how it solved. It was like, hands of God, I guess, because suddenly it's like everything changed and they gave my passport. This so, is, this is, the hang on, hang on a second. So for two years, they took down all of your social media, right? Yes, yes, yes. So for oh. you, for you, that's your whole business. I mean, they basically, and they closed okay. the galleries? Yes, and they said you are banned from working in any field of fashion, any, <laughs> even designing. How did you feel? What, I mean, what what was that like for you? I mean, for the first few weeks after everything's been shut down, everything you've worked mm -hmm. towards, everything you've built is suddenly taken away mm -hmm. for the most ludicrous of reasons. Um, what what was that like for you? I don't know if you have ever uh, meet with a bankrupted person, but it was exactly like that for me. I mean, I felt like a bankrupted person who lost everything because of nothing. You know, the difference was that I didn't do anything wrong. I felt really unfair. Um, I mean, I felt everything is really unfair for you, me. Were you angry? Very angry. Like for uh, very few first months, I was like crying, like just bullying them and like oh my god i hate them i hate this life blah blah why me why not others why all these are happening i didn't do anything and regrets regrets of going back to my country and after that i started to go to different self-study classes mm -hmm. so and psychologic um classes and sessions mm -hmm. so um like a therapist so did you or, or, or what do you yes, mean yes yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah well i was going to ask you how you channeled the anger i mean whether you 
start working out or you see a therapist or you, I mean, you know, uh, you seem to have come out of it okay. So obviously you didn't become a, you know, descend into drugs and alcohol or something. But I mean, there's, how do you deal with a situation like that? Yeah. Actually, the very first uh, thing that helped me was um, seeing a therapist each week for a year. And then I started my yoga classes. So that helped me a lot. I started to listen to different podcasts. That helps me a lot. So um, I think right now, I, as I told you before, I don't see it as a dark side of my life. Right now, I can see it as a new chapter, it, the beginning of a new chapter of my life. You grew. So, you grew in this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You grow from adversity, man. Always. It's the, the, the most horrible and the most magical thing about uh, adversity, about t- tough times, is that I- if you can use it as a stepping stone to grow from, it, it, um, it can be an amazing thing. So halfway through that period, what did you think was going to become of your life? I mean, did you always know that you could get back to this or because there was also actually a a legal element to this where they were saying they're going to put you in jail too right i mean that 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 you were sentenced to 10 years in jail two years and more if you uh, bad behavior i mean you know that whole scary element as well yes actually um to be honest i always every single day of those two years in my mind was that i will be back to this industry hmm. so even for one day i didn't think of like saying goodbye to this industry so every day that goes by i was like i'm more decisive um in getting back to this industry but her what happened to all the designers who knew you by that time and the two hundred thousand followers and all that i mean suddenly you disappear some of them must have suspected something was happening. What did you hear from people or did people try and get in touch with you or how did that work? Actually, for the beginning, uh, those who were friends with me, they knew they contacted me. They were, oh my God, Bahar, we are worried for you. What's going on, blah, blah. Because the government put a poster on my page that this person has been arrested, blah, blah. Yeah. and everyone it was booming in tehran so i had like let's say in less than hour i had like 200 missed calls and messages on my whatsapp and uh, they were thinking that they arrested me so everyone was worried and uh, all the other bloggers all the you should have seen those scenes <laughs> my phone was like ringing 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 Ali Reza's phone was like ringing 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 where's Bahar is Bahar safe is she out of jail is she blah blah so this is on the side of my actually let's say the people who knows me but some of the followers that they didn't know me in person they were like uh, gossiping about me that okay uh, maybe she has um got money from someone and ran away maybe she has like uh, doing some bad things like money washing like blah blah so i was dealing with many things by that time so it was a huge um bad uh, duration of life for yeah, me yeah but after like few months i was like okay I will just ignore the things that um, 
those who don't know me are saying, and I will stick to the one who know me and they know that I didn't do anything wrong. And after time goes by, many people that even they don't know me, they understood that um, it was because of the rules of our country. So how, how exactly did this resolve itself? Or how did you find out that it had ended and end up coming to, to Canada. I should explain that you are actually a, a dual citizen. You are also a Canadian citizen because your family had come back and forth to Canada when you were young and you'd spent yeah. some time here. But take me through the process of the past year and how you how you got Azad. <laughs> okay, it was completely a miracle. Uh, right now I got goosebumps again because I don't know how. I just went to the passport office in Gozanome in uh, Tehran and I asked, it was like third time that I uh, was going over there and uh, two, two of the times I went there, they said that you are banned from going out of Iran. So this was the third time. I was just wondering to um, see if I'm lucky or not. Mm-hmm. So I went to Gozanome and I said, okay, I want to see if I'm still banned from traveling and by, I don't know, by luck or whatever, the officer over there, he said, no, you're not banned right now. And he gave back my passport. So for that uh, specific moment, I was like freezed. I was like, okay, (laughs) what should I do right now? And I just cried. And I got my passport and in five hours, I was sitting in the plane and um, on the way to Vancouver. Wow. So, yeah. Mean, meaning, that, meaning that you didn't want to risk whether this was a mistake or this was something no. that they were going to rescind or you, no. you, you're like, I'm going to get on that plane and leave. Exactly. Wow. What was your husband and your parents saying to you leaving? Because, you know, now I guess... It's not so easy to go back. Mm-hmm. They said, just go. Wow. So how long ago was that, that you arrived in Vancouver? It's been four or five months. And how does it feel? Uh, at the beginning, it was kind of very difficult because I was completely new to this city. I mean, I didn't have many friends. I didn't know the market. And... You know, I was alone and um, at the beginning it was really hard for me to adopt. Uh, but right now it's becoming smooth because through my pages, I found many friends living in Vancouver. Uh, I found my audience. I'm smoothly finding my way how to build my business. And, you know, right now everything is getting better. So, um, first of all, if you get on a plane within five hours of getting your passport back, there's not a lot of time to pack. So, no. <laughs> so where's all I your stuff? Only, I had only one carry-on with me. So all those stuff, which I was really attached to them. Imagine a blogger, a yeah. fashion blogger, with uh, like letting go of her like bags, shoes, blah, blah. And because, you know, because of... Um, I don't know what to say. It's a game of life that teach you that sometimes you should let go of anything that you're attached to Hmm. because you should save yourself. So um, at that specific moment, I just said that Bahar, 
you should just take you yourself because otherwise it is a chance to get in jail for 10 fucking years so that was the only way for me so i can't fly here with only one carry-on and all my stuff uh are has been shipped and they are not still here so (laughs) you must have been what is it from uh, Iran to to uh, Vancouver with a stop in Frankfurt or something? It's probably eighteen hours or something. I mean, you must have been shaking on that flight, wondering wh- what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I was just crying all the way. Uh, I was flying. I was crying, and I was wondering what is happening. Where am I? <laughs> like five hours ago, I was in my home with my family and everything and suddenly I'm going and I'm in the air <laughs> like the 24 hours distance with my own home and country. When did you realize you had your social media back? Right at the same time? Actually when um, I'm really like how to say uh, I was half Mahe. So I born half Mahe. So I'm so everything. Oh, you were born premature. Yes. Born, uh-huh. So I'm very like everything in my life is in rush. So um, I'm like holy, holy. <laughs> so, oh, I, I see you arrived here? to the world. <laughs> I, exactly. I see, right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so when I arrived to um, the quarantine hotel that I was staying, uh, I was thinking that okay, Bahar, right now you should. Uh, open a new page with a new concept, not fashion. It's like more of a journal and lifestyle journal. So I started when it was like third or fourth day of my quarantine. So, um, yes, I opened so, so that. So that 130,000 followers or whatever you have on that is just from the last four months. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. But the fashion <laughs> blog, the fashion sandwich page is from before. It's the it's the one you have. Exactly. Before. Exactly. Oh, I, I totally forgot, and I was so captivated by the story that I forgot it's also COVID. So, exactly. You could probably only come from Iran because you're Canadian. If you exactly. were Iranian, you wouldn't be able to. If you weren't Canadian, a Canadian dual citizen, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to come. Wow, that's quite a story. So, is there a plan for your? family to join you here now or or what what, what's the immediate future in terms of your community your loved ones Uh, actually my uh, mom and dad and my brother are canadian citizens so they can um, come here and visit me Uh, and my husband hopefully he will join me soon well uh, that would be um that would be great i mean that would certainly put a put a cherry on top of the good news that this this year has brought in terms of you being back to what you're doing and and growing at such a pace. Uh, let me finish off by asking you a couple of questions about the what you've learned um, business-wise from what you do because um, uh, you have such a unique and interesting perspective. Um, let me ask you this. How have things changed when it comes to Iranians and fashion and beauty, you know, we do tend to um, divide the, the the Iranian life 
pre-revolution and post-revolution. And uh, while the last 40 years or 42 years have been uh, devastatingly difficult in many cases for most Iranians, uh, there are different epochs, there's different moments, different decades within that where mm-hmm. where there's different uh, ways of living that Iranians experience. So I'm curious how things have changed in the seven years since you started Fashion Sandwich, what you've seen when it comes to Iranians and, and fashion and beauty. Oh my God. In terms of fashion, there's a huge change and let's say revolution. Right now, many let's say 90% of young generation in Iran are wearing only Persian brands. Wow. In any fields, like bags, shoes, accessories. And that wasn't the case seven years ago, 10 years ago. That wasn't really, uh, I mean, that wasn't popular seven years ago. But right now, it's amazing. It's amazing because no one buy um, non-Persian stuff in Iran since there are lots of galleries lots of let's say in each street (laughs) there is a Persian designer gallery so uh, yeah and if you go to Iran you will be impressed of the young talents you will be really impressed so are you saying that Iranians of means I mean we can't talk about the people who don't have money in villages but but pe- people who who do have the the ability are not as enamored of, of the Chanel's and the Estee Lauders and the Gucci's as they would be before they love those brands but they are more into Persian brands because uh, in terms of fashion but not in like beauty in beauty there's still a long long way for Iran to go inside it because um, unfortunately there aren't many qualitative brands in beauty in Iran but in fashion it's another story it's another story what about the in like, i'm i'm guessing then based on what Iranians are wearing and what they're interested in that mm-hmm. the industry the fashion industry has then grown inside Iran. Of course, it has grown and I think it's booming right now. So it's kind of, um, it's a bit sad, or you know, it's bittersweet, I might say, that, that you who have played a role in fostering something in that country oh. that where change evolution has taken place, are forced to to operate outside the country now. Yes, it's such a sad story, such a sad story. But I always um, try to see the bright side of um, everything that happens. So I think that maybe from here, I have much more freedom to promote the designers. So maybe this is an opportunity for me. So maybe this all should happen to force me to get uh, out of Iran and uh, continue my work uh, more powerful. And uh, right now, as I told you before, I uh, every every week I chose uh, many Persian designers. Uh, I have some uh, routine named Happy Sundays. So mm. I choose uh, many designers. Uh, I have like 10K emails from Iran and the talents in Iran. So 
every Sunday I choose like 20 uh, people, 20 brands in Iran, and uh, I promote them for free on my pages. So um, beside those who I, who I, I charge them, uh, there is an aspect that um, it's completely a um, hand of help to um, those who cannot have the chance to be seen. And honestly, I feel really happy because right now I can see my uh, Persian friends who live here. They are wearing, for example, like a ring. And I'm like, okay, Hedia, wh where is it from? And she's like, I ordered it from your page. Through, I, uh, I knew her from your page and I ordered many things from them. And she uh, brought a big bag and it was inside uh, the bag was lots of accessories. Yeah. And she was like, I have all of them here. And I was like, oh my God, this makes me happy. So maybe my um, mission right now is to help more to gets known in here out of Iran. You know, um, change, technological change happens so fast and so deeply sometimes, and we're so immersed in it, especially for those of us who are immersed in it, that we don't necessarily take a moment to reflect back and and see. And, and I'm someone who has a lot of issues with social media, even the internet in general. I mean, it's, it's created so many problems that we didn't have in, in a pre-internet age and and the toxicity and the you know taking the sort of schoolyard taunts and putting them now in a global forum mm -hmm. where everybody can do it and all of that that can be so difficult but in some ways i think about how wondrous it is like what you do wouldn't have been possible 10 years ago that you're a, you're a woman a young woman in vancouver canada who is helping to promote young Iranian designers from different parts of Iran to the world. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And the, it couldn't even have happened. Like, we didn't have the technology to even do that. That's part of the reason there wasn't an industry, because nobody knew about these people, because how would we have access to them? It's really, really interesting. Okay, it brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> I'm kind of emotional right now. But um, thank you for all these beautiful words. And maybe maybe this is maybe i can see it as an opportunity i can see all those things that happened to me maybe right now can be the my jumping i don't know how to say it like we say sacquia <laughs> parish uh, my jumping point i'm so, sure that works yeah <laughs> the point you leap off from. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I hope we do this often. And again, I, I let me just ask you a final question. Um, I, I want to ask you about your dad because there's an interesting through line to this interview that you first got into fashion because of your dad. And yeah. the enthusiasm was due to your dad and the magazines he would bring back. And then mm -hmm. it's your dad who tells you, come back to Iran in 2014. Yes. Um I know he's proud of you, so it's redundant to ask you if your dad is proud of you. But, but um, what are the kind of conversations you have with him now that he sees you once again building this uh, this amazing thing that you're doing? He's really proud. He's really proud, and he's like Bahar. Wherever I go, um, everyone knows me. They say, "Oh my God, you're Bahar Islami's dad." So <laughs> this makes me that I feel, "Oh my God, my." 
my girl is going through a right way. And um, I just want to thank you to my family and friends who supported me during those bad years. And um, so that's it. And thank you for having me because this was really emotional interview for me. I mean, I did interviews in Farsi with different magazines, but this one was really different because it's really touched my emotions and it made me feel that I'm getting into um, another audience as well. Like someone who speaks in English, someone who are um, not Persians. So this was really... Baraja, there's a lot of Persians who don't I look know. at Persian media too. They've been living here and they grew up here and they've you know watch cnn or they you know mtv or whatever it is and and so um we got to reach them as well and i um and it was it was uh, so so interesting and i'm very um proud of what you've been able to do it's uh, as i say you scratch beneath the surface of of uh, of your instagram account and you find this person who's got this beautiful mission and who's been through so much especially in recent years and and so way to go and thank you for doing this interview thank you so much for having me and i can't wait for you guys to be my guests <laughs> on my pages <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to work Thank on my beauty so first before that. خیلی متشکرم. مرسی. خیلی ممنونم ازتون. خیلی خوشحال شدم واقعا. خدافظ. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bahar Islami, fashion and beauty blogger and journalist. She's the founder and creator of Fashion Sandwich by Bahar. Bahar Islami joined us from Vancouver, Canada today. Back on for uh, Captain Reza, Groovy Shaya, and the fabulous Keon, Bahar Eslami. I very much enjoy that. I'm, I'm, I, I am honored that she did that interview in English and that she said things that she hasn't said before in terms of that ordeal that she went through. Um, and I'm very curious about... I genuinely didn't know that uh, things have changed that much. I mean, uh, you know, in the time that since she started becoming a fashion blogger to now, in the last, I guess it would be seven years, she's saying that things have really changed in terms of Iranians in Iran embracing local designers, Iranian designers, Iranian stylists, Iranian beauty, etc. Yes, actually, I, I'm like Bahar because I believe in... Uh, new age fashion industry in Iran and the, some of them are really good I mean I can say for almost 10 years on stage I'm only wearing Iranian fashion designers mm. because it's really you know it it fits to our culture and also it f mm. it's chic it's very chic hasn't enti entirely displaced the uh, the desire to for, for some Iranians to display and wear 
big brand names and stuff though she said i mean it's 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 still that still exists as well yeah uh and i guess amongst the people who can afford them uh, that is but um yeah it was actually very 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 heartening to hear that this industry and and that it's being exported around the world that there's people who are outside in the diaspora that you know like us now buying local iranian designers Mm -hmm. because they can access it because of Bahar and people like her telling the story of that kind of uh, those designers. Kia? Yeah, I just wanted to say good for her for highlighting all these Iranian fashion talents that I would never have otherwise known about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm always looking for, you know, ways that I can show my culture in a fashionable way, minus the hijab or manto, you know, mm-hmm. in a, a modern way. So uh, people like Bahar are so incredibly useful mm-hmm. for me you know I, she's spreading the word maybe it's these unnecessary. The, the sweatshirt and sweatpants you're wearing <laughs> I've actually you could wear Persian her. sweatshirts I am going to start right. yes I'm going to investigate this <laughs> see if they just have some sweat, sweatpants you <laughs> could buy some traditional Iranian prints uh, I have a question from you Zian. yes it, you have a question for me for me yeah. yes I know that you are familiar with uh, Persian Aleph boy for but you calligraphy. cannot calligraphy. Yes, but you cannot read it very fast. That's right. But how do you feel uh, about using calligraphy in fashion design as a person who has kind of? Not, because for me, when I mm-hmm. saw a uh, calligraphy on a shirt, it has a you know, it probably has a meaning for me. What? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do I feel about it? And I, I mean, feel, do you, do you I feel lo- good. Do, uh, do you like yeah, yeah, it looks great uh, I mean uh, even when you know uh, Pavi Stanovalis Heach is on a piece of jewelry I think it looks beautiful yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. why is that bad no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I think you actually got a shirt or a hoodie yeah yeah, yeah has, I have a hoodie uh, with Farsi, yeah. It's yeah. Azal and Abad Azal Abad yeah I can't read anything uh, that I, know uh, that. I, I assumed it said death to America <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> I was wearing it happily thinking that no I'm kidding that's a joke that's a joke. Just like establish that's a joke for (laughs) all the authorities listening (laughs) I did not think it it said that Uh, speaking of authorities you know who the real authorities are me the audience (laughs) the audience and that's why the favorite segment is Mondays and it's letters of the week um yeah Reza, do you know how to say anything else besides Ahabia? <laughs> Every time, without like a doubt. No, that's his move. Ahabia. That's, he, that's how he, get, <laughs> so he captures the attention of all the young uh, people who are... All right. <laughs> yeah. So, last week on episode 92, we had an interview with leading attorney, professor, and celebrated human rights activist, Mehrangiz Kar. On YouTube, we have Afshin Kanbarisio Kali wrote, What an honest, sincere, and touching conversation. Thanks, Gian, for the great interview with the living legend, Lady Mehrangiz Kar. Thank you for that, Afshin. Uh, uh, and I agree. I thought it was sincere and honest, and, t- and I was touched by it. I'm very appreciative of Mehrangiz Kar for coming and doing this and doing it in studio. Absolutely. So on Instagram, we have Negar wrote, I enjoyed this very much. Very touching story. I like that in this interview, she talks so genuinely about her journey, feelings, and struggles. There are so many lessons for those who listen. Thanks, Rook team. 
Thank you, Nagar. And then as well, we have Farangis Valley wrote, I am in awe of this lady. One of the best interviews ever. Nice. That's not the letter of the day? I mean, uh, a week? Well, it could have been. Could have Year? been. Right. But there's a better one coming up. Thank you, Farangis Chat. <laughs> and then we have Mina El Kai wrote, That was very moving. This is what Mehrangiz's generation of Iranians have been through. I feel her pain. I adored her laugh and her story of losing her 50 square feet office in Iran. I am sure tomorrow will be a better day. Yeah, I'm sure too. I hope so. And then moving on to Facebook, we have Bidar Show. That's the name listed there. Uh, wrote, for me, nothing can beat her story of missing her 50 square feet, uh, 50 square meter office in Iran. Thanks for encouraging that old suppressed drop of tear to surface itself. I think it probably wasn't a 50 square meter office. Probably a 50 square foot office. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah, actually, yeah. yes, that's what he said, but he uh, meant to say 50 yeah, square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. 50 square meter would be a, a sizable office. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think she had a sizable office because she said Panjo Metri, which is 50 square meter. So I don't think it was a small office. I think she really? had a pretty that big like it, it sounded like it was intimate, my little office in yeah, Iran. I think it was yeah, because she says Panjo I think it was 50 square feet. I think it was 50 yeah, square yeah. feet. And the last letter, uh, Mina said 50 square yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. So. Vidar oh, okay. made the mistake. But anyway, it's okay. It was <laughs> Nothing a can beat office. the story of her 50 square kilometer <laughs> office <laughs> <laughs> that took up the <laughs> northern <laughs> half of Tehran. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, and then we have Nassim Valim wrote, Keep rocking, Rook team. You're one of the blessings of the pandemic in my life. Oh, that's, that's the best. Yeah. Letter of the week. Could have been, yes. Yeah. Yes, very close. <laughs> All right, so as well, last week on episode 91, we had pioneer Iranian-American bodybuilder Hoda Jara on the show. On Instagram, we have username Shabnami wrote, What an amazing interview with adorable Hoda. Thank you, Rook team. And then moving on, we have Negar, last name listed as SM, wrote, I didn't know her besides a few TV appearances. She's a woman with a very strong attitude. She's tough, yet emotional, and soft at the same time. I hope one day she'll be able to live where her heart desires. Thank you, Rook team, for this great platform. And Jian, you are the most phenomenal at what you do. Thank you so much. That's really nice, Negar. And then we have Behnam wrote, On one hand, she said she loves Iran so much that she's willing to live a simple life there and sit on the floor eating only noon vamost. But on the other hand, when such a life was offered to her, when she visited Iran, she refused and fled from it. Am I being too sensitive or is there some level of hypocrisy there? Great job, Rook team, as always. I think he meant too insensitive. Uh, no, no, I mean, uh, you're saying uh, I might be too sensitive. Oh, yeah, too uh, uh, I, I think that's a legitimate um, thing that Ben was pointing out. I yeah. think so yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, there was a contradiction that I don't think she would disagree with. She mm-hmm. loves this place, wants to be there, but has to leave and, you know, is, mm-hmm. is not allowed to be there. I mean, so, yeah, I guess maybe. All right, well, moving on, we have Nunush. Nunush is the username. Uh, wrote, fantastic interview, Jianjian. She's really a trooper. 
I just can't digest the 3.59 a.m. habit. <laughs> That's how she was famously saying she wakes up at 3.59 yeah. a.m. every day. Man, I struggle to has wake that, up at 7 a.m. Has it changed your habits? I, I changed it from 7.30 to 7 a.m. And is that working? <laughs> it, uh, I snooze a little bit <laughs> Have you changed your habit? Uh, I, I actually have. Yeah, I remember when I said I, I usually do like six thirty, six forty five. I back I moved it to six. So I've been I've been getting up at six. Without snoozing? No, I, I never snooze. Good for I, you. I, I, That's I, the rule. No, 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 I never snooze. Because I, I it's and then it's too hard. It is. As soon really. as the alarm goes off, I actually spring up. I don't mm. allow myself to uh lie there see that's what i need to change i need to stop this stupid i snooze. love i love snoozing <laughs> well uh, it's i know you love world. the snooze but uh, <laughs> Me too. i love to snooze but that, but how do you prevent yourself from just like not hitting snooze well, you uh, 10 times and then all of a sudden an hour has gone by again yes actually i usually set my alarm one hour before <laughs> the time and i love the one hour snoozing each 10 minutes it's so I, much better than and sleeping i love, yeah, I yeah. love those dreams that I dreamt in those oh. 10 minutes. I understand you completely. I do 15 minute increments. I'll limit myself to two snoozes. Wow. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my alarm for 2 a.m. and do four hours of snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are really it's getting like, a if, kick if out the of The snoozing is that good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. On that note, it's time for the letter of the week. Oh. All right. So this week's letter of the week goes to Afshin. His username is AFK4775. He wrote, Jian, you are an amazing podcaster. I've been listening to your podcast and it's exceedingly informative. People should appreciate the significance of Rook a lot more. Keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. Thank you, Ashley. Wonderful letter. Beautiful. Yeah. Lovely. Wow. Well, thank you to everybody who writes in. Uh, by the way, we we um, often pull these letters from our social media platforms when somebody comments there on, on YouTube or on Instagram or on our Facebook page. But you can also write to us at info at rookmedia.com, info at rookmedia.com. And uh, thanks to all the letter writers. And thank you to you, the fabulous Keon. Thank you to you, Jean. And to you, Captain Reza. Thank you, sir. And to you, Shia Jun. I'm looking forward to have an aid in Farsi. Oh man, I can't wait now. It's all going to be Are you Farsi. sure you don't want to change it? Shakerim. Jian, you can't take it back. You said it's going to be all in Farsi. It's it all, in Farsi all in Farsi, Farsi. All in Farsi notors. Uh, well, I guess we're going to film it, right? Yeah, we're going to do something. We'll get oh, together. We'll have me. a half scene. Yeah. And uh, listen, it's going to be excellent. I can't wait. It's going to be, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. Both of us. This is a great premium. Ah, disaster. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Look at the, the magic that those people who left the podcast early are missing. This is full time for Rook for today. Remember, our website, rookmedia.com, is where you can find all things Rook and where we will actually put up some uh, videos uh, of video clips of the interview with Bahar today. 
Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Producer Susan Ponta, the artist. Thoughtful Nagin, the fabulous Keon Savvy Roham. Ahai Merthod, Master Muhammad, Chef Haas, Captain Reza, and Groovy Shia. Thank you to you out there supporting us and sharing our content, becoming our patrons, and subscribing. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. And as ever, Mizunbashi. Thank you.